Thanks for tuning in to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join us as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this journey here with us. Welcome to this episode of Tax Strategy Digest. Today, our guest is Ryan Phillips. Ryan is a financial advisor who assists individuals, families, and or business owners with the creation of a financial foundation to build upon. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. Well, Paul, thank you first and foremost for having me here. I know we ran into some hiccups, but uh, glad to be here, glad to talk shop, and I look forward to the next you know, 20, 30 minutes or so. Yeah, definitely. Well, Ryan, um, we met through LinkedIn. So obviously um, there's probably some people who are watching this who might've, you know, found this video through LinkedIn, but if they're on a different platform, tell us a little bit about your story, a little bit about your background and um, in your own words, what you do. Yeah, for sure. So first and foremost, everybody, nice to meet you, Ryan Phillips here. Um, and as Paul gave that brief, brief introduction, I'm a financial advisor, um, assisting individuals and businesses, um, you know, in the creation of wealth, the mitigation of tax and other strategies we could build upon from there. Um, my start happened in the banking industry shortly after my time at Penn State. I uh, loved what I was doing. However, there was just a void that I still needed to fill. So I chose to continue on with my education. I got an MBA. And from there, that kind of gave me the knowledge, plus coupled with what I wanted to do with setting some change in the world that I started working and assisting individuals and these businesses, like I had said. Perfect. And uh, if there's some younger guys listening in on this, um, what motivated you to get your MBA? You know, it, it's just, a, I guess, a burning desire that I always had. I don't like to ever feel complacent. Um, whether that be in my career, whether that have been in my educational career at the time. Um, it was just something working in banking. I wanted to take a next step. An MBA was a way to get me or propel me to that next step, if you will. So I chose to ultimately leave the banking industry for that MBA, but still it was a great networking experience. It taught me a ton um, and I would never change any of that. So what was your reasoning behind originally getting into banking? Was that something that you were just really passionate about? You were really interested in like finance? Um, how did that kind of journey progress? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Um, so I, I thought I was going to be a real estate attorney, uh, you know, or an estate planning attorney, rather, excuse me. Um, I had some some ups and downs I went through early on in my childhood, but I always gravitated towards the numbers and something about the numbers I kept coming back to and from my very first course at Penn State involved in the market that kind of kind of pushed me more to the banking slash, you know, whole finance aspect of things, taking me away from that law degree that I thought I would be pursuing. Um, so I just kind of built built upon that from there. I loved analyzing the numbers. You know, there's always a story in the numbers and even what we can't, you know, portray in words at times we can go back in and, and find that story, like I said, and something about that, it's, it's an addiction for me, if you will, to say the least. Awesome. And what are some of the stories that you're able to help your clients write? 
um, using the numbers? How are you able to help them, you know, start building on such a, a strong foundation? Yeah, like I said, you know, I think it goes back to that story as mentioned. Um, and we can really formulate from there, you know, in between inflows and outflows, um, the proper allocations um, and how to build for a better future, whether that be, you know, with your first home purchase all the way to and through retirement and other forms of strategy we provide. I love it. I love it. And tell me about the differences between, you know, your first role banking and then now as an advisor, um, or is your role, does it feel any different between the people you work with on a daily basis, your conversations? Uh, tell us a little bit about banking first and then uh, the differences with now kind of what you've got with the uh, advising clients. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I guess with the banking side of things comes more of that admin type role um, where, you know, you're, you're sitting behind a computer all day, kind of just crunching the numbers, forecasting, saying at the end of the day or talking to your colleagues, is this a good loan we can make for this individual? Why do they deserve this money? You know, although their forecasts don't really line up right now, we still feel there's something about them um, that we would like to help. And I guess that ties right into the advising side of things for me. This passion of mine lies deep within, you know, the assistance and wanting to help others. Um, and I, I think right now in the world is a great point. And we see that a lot of people really don't or need this. They, they need a, an extra financial literacy course, if you will. Um, and that's where I like to step in. And I never want to tell someone where they need to go, but I want to show them how to get there and then ultimately let them make those decisions, um, which to me, I guess that's the story of my life. You know, I've always... I've always sought the road ahead, but I never let anybody push me to get there. I found and picked the fruits of the trees that I wanted to always gravitating back towards the right thing. And again, that's my practice now goes hand in hand with that. Just essentially, you know, giving the knowledge, but then allowing that person to make those decisions and keeping them on the right path. Perfect. Uh, I do want to ask a little bit of a uh, random question to you. And sure. if, if I don't want anyone who's listening, do not consider what he says as investment advice. You can give your own disclaimer if you want to. Um, but I want to ask you a controversial question. Uh, what is your opinion on Bitcoin? Do you like it or do you not like it? <laughs> oh, the great old Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. You know, this is something I've always toggled with back and forth, starting early on in my MBA, because we had the whole crypto craze going on. And at that time, it was something I was very against. Um, but I think as we grow our portfolios and we see, you know, certain allocations, it, it could hold a place in some individuals' portfolios. It's not for all, though. But again, like you said, um, trying to stay away from too much of an advice point of view, if you will. Of course. Um, everything has its ups and downs. Everything has its fluctuations. And again, it goes back to, we don't know what the future holds. So it's essentially that, you know, let's spend time in the market, not timing the market and Bitcoin's a perfect example of that. Maybe buy and hold a small percent percentage that you're comfortable with and that's it. 
I'd agree. I think that, um, and obviously I'm not an advisor. I don't advise people on investments or anything, but just my, my general approach, um, especially even just for myself, it's to add a little bit of cryptocurrency into my overall portfolio, just because I think that diversification um, is just so important. And I'm sure uh, you probably have some clients who have, have asked you that exact same thing. Hey, could we maybe allocate a little bit into cryptocurrency? You know, I want to put, uh, you know, some money into the next Dogecoin. I, I don't know, whatever, some random coin that's going to, um, you know, go from a penny to a dollar, which obviously probably won't ever actually happen unless it's uh, some sort of scam or whatever like that. But um, are you getting that conversation a lot, a little bit more frequently nowadays? You know, it's something that I guess always comes up, but it's like anything in the world of investing, if you will, you still need to do your due diligence behind it and find if it's number one, the right strategy and or play for you. And how is it going to line up with maybe a strategy you already have in place? Is it going to diversify me too much? Is it going to, you know, overweight me in some regards too much? So it all comes back to that individual, the picture they want to paint for themselves and then can we backfill it with maybe some of their likes, but more importantly, the needs and wants to get them across that finish line or for what they're looking for? So Ryan, in the last few years, there's been a lot of turmoil in the market. There's been um, you know, ups and downs. There's been the COVID-19 pandemic. How has that affected your practice um, and, and how you allocate different things for different people? Because my my assumption is that a lot of the people you talk to um, they hold things like the 2008 recession or they hold the, the recent pandemic like pretty close to heart. Uh, and I think maybe the pandemic has um, revitalized some of those past 2008, um, you know, feelings of being maybe a little bit scared or uh, having a little bit more of a conservative approach. So how has that impacted the way that you're working with some of these clients and maybe some of their approaches on things? Yeah, you know, this is actually a great question that you ask here, Paul, and, and I'm glad you bring it up because it's something that us as a team, even not just myself personally, but I, I think I could speak on this from a team perspective. We look at it from, you know, just remaining calm. Don't we get we like to get wrapped up in technology a little too much. And, you know, a simple scroll of LinkedIn here and there or something we can we can find doomsday in that. But when you remove yourself from a situation and just know that you are on a right track, you're taking the necessary steps, whether it's just, you know, from a dollar cost averaging perspective, and then the professionals with that being us, you know, taking and following the appropriate action to mitigate these market trends. Um, but again, it, it really funnels back into removing yourself from the situation, remaining calm, knowing that you're confident in your approach of working with the professional that you chose. And essentially, I, I think you're going to be able to mitigate almost any market by doing so. Perfect. And I think there's going to be a lot of people you just mentioned, uh, as you see the, uh, the posts on LinkedIn, there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this or watching this. And they're probably seeing this either from my LinkedIn or um, they maybe they're connected with you on LinkedIn. Um, tell us a little bit about your LinkedIn strategy. Obviously, that's, I mean, how we got connected. I actually noticed one of your posts probably, I don't know, a year, a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, so that's originally how we got connected. Has that been a strategy for marketing that's worked really well for you? Or, or what is your approach with LinkedIn? 
Yeah. So I, I got turned on to LinkedIn, you know, back in my undergrad days, but never really realized the tool that it was um, up until about probably a year and a half ago when we, when we connected, you know, and then we kind of built a little bit of a relationship, supported one another. But I think that's what the platform is as a whole. I mean, it, it's just a great support system. And then in terms of go to market strategy, I mean, it, there's no other place like it. I, I could just go out and make a post still be interactive, um, you know, still try to provide some advice. I mean, it, it really is a great platform. Um, and in terms of uniqueness, I mean, I feel in terms of a financial advisor, I try to take the personal approach when it comes to my LinkedIn. You know, I like to be transparent with my clients and I don't think my LinkedIn strategy should really change very much. Um, so I, I like to tell stories about, you know, because I have a financial plan in place or things like this, and because of the appropriate steps that I'm taking, I can therefore open the doors into, you know, showing the people of the internet, if you will, a little bit more about my life so we can make, you know, a deeper connection before actually meeting one another. Um, and thus far, I think that strategy, while it's not going to work for everybody, I think for me, it's something I'm comfortable with and it's worked thus far for me. So I really enjoy all the connections I've met and made from there. Um, and I only hope to build on that. And what's a one piece of advice you could give to somebody who's just starting out in whether it's LinkedIn or just social media posting in general uh, for themselves and their business? What's something or that you could give them that might help? Don't ever forget the man in the mirror and or woman in the mirror, excuse me. But you know, you are who you are. You're one of one and you can do what you set your mind to. And I think that's something that you know, maybe the world has gotten away from in these past few years with all the craziness, but you are who you are. And every day you wake up, don't take those days for granted and tell yourself, you know, you can do what you want to do today. Let me just be 1% better than yesterday. And over time, that momentum is just going to lead leaps and bounds um, to places you never thought you'd end up. And what's an approach that just keeps you going as an individual? Yeah, uh, I really think, like I just mentioned, that that one yeah. percent daily. You know, um, if that alarm clock rings at five thirty or six o'clock, whatever time it goes off for you, um, you know, get up on the first ring. You, you don't want to hit snooze. And if you know what, you hit snooze twice today, be a little bit better tomorrow. If it's your workouts, if it's you're making cold calls, you're phoning people. You know, it, it's like Ed Milet has a, a great book on. Just do one more and. At the end of the day, when you remove yourself from that situation and look at it, it's not hard to be 1% better. Um, and like I said, that's it's, it's going to take you places you never thought you would end up. I like that. I like that uh, strategy. Is that, um, I do want to ask you about that as well. Are, are you a big book guy? Are there any books that you are, are currently reading or ones that have really shaped uh, the person you are today? Yeah, so for sure. I'm always number one looking for recommendations, but uh no, number two, I've been on a, a very big Patrick Bet David kick. So I just finished his first book. I'm about to start his second, um, you know, with a little bit of the holiday planning and things. I got a little lackadaisical in that that department. But no, I have my sights set on that one. Um, but I just try to read books of, you know, the people that have been there, these world famous CEOs all the way down to some professors I've had in the past. Um, they've written great books. and wherever I can continue to expand my knowledge and get more, um, I'm all for it. So 
Nice. Uh, are there any projects that you're currently working on or uh, maybe you're writing a book, maybe you're publishing articles. I don't know. Uh, is there anything that you're currently working on or that you plan to maybe work on in the future that uh, you can share with us now and we can be on the lookout for? Yeah. So um, first and foremost, I'm not writing a book yet. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll get there, but no, I have, I have another one or two things that are in the works. Um, I can't speak on the one too, too much right now. That's a okay. little, little under wraps. Um, but I'm very excited for that project, a little maybe passion project um, amongst the few people that I know. Um, so I look forward to that one. And then on my LinkedIn pretty soon, I think there should be another pretty big announcement coming about um, with some, you know, uh, maybe a new team or something like that. Um, okay. New opportunity. So 2024, we really look to, uh, I mean, I say we, but I mean my household in terms of me and my girlfriend, Chelsea, I, I think it's going to be a great year for us. And, uh, you know, the sky's the limit when, when you hold that 1% better daily attitude. So how do you define success? I hate to, to, to beat a, a dead horse here, if you will. But again, it's just be a little bit better than I was yesterday. You know, not, not every day is going to be the best day for us, but if you can maintain that confidence in yourself, it's just like, you know, playing with a yo-yo walking up the side of the mountain. And I know I use that analogy with the stock market, but we're going to start here. We're going to have our ups and downs with the yo-yo. But at the end of the day, we end up here. And as long as we can keep taking, rinse and repeating that cycle, again, we're just going to keep moving forward, always on a growth path. Um, and then the possibilities and doors that come from that are going to be endless. Ryan, have you ever had a mentor? Yeah, you know, so this is a funny question for me personally a little bit. So I lost my father when I was younger. So that's always something, you know, I've really gravitated towards, whether it was going through my undergrad and education, my MBA, all the way up until where I'm at now. I've always leaned on and or gravitated towards many different individuals. Um, there's too many to name here out loud. Not only do I not have their consent to do so, so I'll keep that under wrap. But I think when you can find a mentor that you really gravitate towards and that's there for you as you are them, again, there, there's going to be no better coach you're going to encounter um, and what you can ultimately create from those opportunities. It's going to be, it's going to set you far ahead, um, you know. You, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. That's uh, exactly my approach I take when it comes to working with my mentors. Awesome. Well, I think you might have just mentioned it a little bit, but I, I guess we'll revisit it. Uh, what What's your why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah. So uh, like I said, um, the passing of my father was, was something that really hurt because well, I mean, not nobody wants to lose a parent, don't get me wrong, but it happened for me at such a young age that, you know, I have one or two like vague memories of him being my t-ball coach, but I never had him there for those life lessons to give me, um, you know, maybe some of those financial literacy classes because he took a proactive approach, God forbid, and his planning, you know, um, not knowing he would get sick, um, so yeah, that's something that now I've really held on to, again, coupled with finding those mentors throughout the course of my life, just being proactive, looking towards the future. And like I said, I just read uh, Patrick Bet David's book, um, but knowing your next five moves at the end of the day, you know, 
it's it's great to live in the now, but you still need to know or forecast what's on the horizon. Not that you're going to be able to create every opportunity for yourself, but it gives you more of a playbook, I think, in terms of navigating the things that can arise. I think that's perfect. And um, Ryan, I, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put your LinkedIn down below. Um, what other ways should people contact you if uh, if they'd like to reach out, if they want to learn some more about what you do, how you can help them? Maybe they're a business owner and they want to just really lay a strong foundation for themselves so that they can not only build wealth for their uh, immediate family, but you know, generations of uh, those following. Yeah, for sure. Um, like you had mentioned, Paul, um, LinkedIn is going to be the best source right now. Um, you know, I have some other things in the works, but they are under construction. As of now, they should be rolling out here um, within the next quarter or so. I would think everything's going to finally be up and running. So it's correlated back to one another, making that reach and accessibility for all much easier. But yeah, definitely great starting points, LinkedIn, everything's there. So feel free, anybody interested to reach out. Perfect. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for hopping on here today for discussing, uh, you know, what you do and, and how you help people and for, for kind of opening up and, and really sharing your story and, and telling us about your past and how it's really shaped you into the man you are today. So I really appreciate your time. And uh, for those of you guys listening here today, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Tax Strategy Digest.